0: Hello and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, why don't you let the audience know what we got going on today. Hey, Adam. Uh, so today we're talking about uh, casting vision
1: and why that's important and so we wanted these two guys to be uh, in here with us because we think they do probably the best job or one of the best jobs on our staff, and they got a lot to offer uh, around this topic. So, JP, before we jump into some of the tactical components of this, why, why does this even matter? Why should a leader be thinking about uh, casting vision and, and getting really good at it?
2: Because people don't just follow a leader, they follow their vision. I mean, that's foundational to the essence of leadership. Uh, leadership, if we define it as people moving a common direction behind a person, right? Uh, saying, hey, this is where we're going Going to go, you have to start with the imagine if. This is what it's going to be like when we get there, and this is why we're moving in this direction. This is uh, this is what's going to meet us there. And so, guys, can you imagine? And then we're going to head east, put one foot in front of the other. And so, I I just I think people don't just follow a leader; they follow their vision, and foundational to that leader. Is the vision that they cast? It's good. That promised land is that I think
1: it really follows that axiom of leaders live in the future before others uh, do, or they see the future before others do, or they can envision the future before others can. And that's a really big, important part uh, of leadership.
0: And I know what you guys talk about a lot at the porch is casting a heroic vision. So you guys put that that word heroic in front of it. So uh, any, anything behind that? like what is it not is it not just a vision? Is it a heroic vision? What is the difference? Why do you guys talk
3: about it as being heroic? I think that's a phrase, as far as I know, that you coined or at least injected into our ministry. Somebody else may have come up with it long ago. I'm but, confident I stole it from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, just that idea of, uh, of, especially with young adults, calling them to greatness, calling them to something bigger than, than the ordinary, than the mundane. And so by heroic, we just mean um, uh, helping them see not just any vision, but something enormous that if God's not a part of it, it's going to fail. And for us, it's helpful because young adults, th- their hearts are moved by that. People in general really are moved by it. And, uh, and so that's what heroic vision plays a role or That's how it plays a role in our ministry. Anything you would... Yeah, can I, I'll, I'll like,
2: exemplify it if I can. Yeah. And so let's just talk about picking up trash. It's a fairly mundane task. And so I think if you live in the tactical practical, if your life lends itself to pragmatism, then you're just going to say, hey, guys, we need to go in the parking lot. We need to pick up trash. And I think the heroic vision starts with the why. Can you imagine if? So essentially, let me start in the beginning. God's given us this land to steward it. And so we're here, we're inhabitants of the land, we steward the land. And and, and even more specifically, not just the earth, but he's given us a piece of property here. Uh, for us at Dallas, it's, it's this 7540 LBJ freeway. And so we have this property, this 13 to 20 acres here. And uh, hey, I noticed that it wasn't, As it should be, as I was walking through the parking lot, there is trash out there, guys. Somebody has littered our place, the place that God has given us to steward. And so can you imagine what it looks like, what it would look like um, for us to move through this place and try to redeem it and make it what it should be? And so here's what we're going to do. Everybody right now, we're going to go out there all at one time and we're going to leave this place better than we found it. We're going to make it. We're going to restore Eden to this parking lot, if you will. And so that's just a very different vision than, hey, I want everyone to go out there and grab five pieces of trash and then come back. You know, one is inspiring and motivating, and and the other one is sleepy. <laughs> sleepy, yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes I think about Christian ministries, and I think about like a
1: great leader. Um, what they would not stand up and do is say, "Hey, let's guys, we're going to meet like 52 weeks, uh, you know, this year every Tuesday night at six. Hope you guys can make it. Maybe." possibly bring a friend. And you guys, like, you don't you don't talk that way uh, when you talk about the porch, and you have big, compelling vision with a why uh, behind it, Simon Sinek's why. We could talk about that, but I think that's part of the success. What is the uh, vision? What is the heroic vision uh, of the porch and the young adult ministry here?
3: Yeah, I would say... Um, our mission statement or vision statement would be that surrender to God, we are changing the world through the lives of young adults. It originally was that we will change the world through the lives of young adults. And then we had a volunteer that after just story after story was pouring in for all, from our, all across the city and really all across the country just said, man, I, I think we, we are seeing the she world She said, change. hey, I, I think our vision statement is wrong. I don't think it's truthful. Yeah. Because it says we will. And it seems like God is doing that right now. Totally. So that, and then I think another language that we have uh, embraced that just kind of came through a message that had some longevity was, hey, that we, uh, Lord, will you stretch out your hand and save every young adult in Dallas? And then it became every young adult in Fort Worth. And then it became every young adult in our country as just the uh, porch live, uh, these different locations have kicked off. So. So
2: we have a big God, right? And so just as we, as we pray big, as we come with big asks, Jesus had a big ask. As we come with big asks of the people, uh, like that message, you know, it was, uh, was it Praying Bold, I think was the name of the message. Yeah. You, you taught it. And, um, and it's just like people's heart responds to that. Man, I want to see God save every young adult in Dallas, Texas. We certainly believe He can. And uh, we get to partner with with him in this way. Like, let's go, let's pray to that end. Pray to that end, and people get excited about it. Love it. People don't want
1: to just show up week after week. They want to be a part of change in the world. Totally. And give them an opportunity, kind of cast a vision for what could be. That's what great leaders do.
0: Yeah. So, what do you guys see are some mistakes that a lot of leaders will make when it comes to vision?
2: Yeah. So I think they they start with the what or the how. Yeah. And so if you're uh, asking people to do something, you're in charge of uh, leading them, stewarding their lives, and you say, again, it's the practical, you say, hey, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it, um, That's that may be necessary, maybe pertinent information, but I wouldn't start there. I would start with the why. Hey, this is why we do what we do. This is why we're about to do what we're going to do. Uh, imagine if, I love imagine if, you said leaders live in the future. I love that. Like uh, Just the, hey, if we are effective and accomplish what we set out to do in a minute, how will the world be? How will this this small thing? What if our our parking lot is an example to churches around the world of what parking lots could look like if we picked up the trash? I mean, just li- you know, living in the future, the imagine if statements, and and starting with the why. The mistakes that people make are starting
3: with the what and the how. Yeah, I, I think. I- if you don't, if I may, there's a story that I think would be helpful <laughs> uh, along those lines. Where, where really, you uh, responded to an email. It was formative in my just development as a leader and to lead, or continuing to learn to lead. And uh, I had sent an email to a volunteer who was running our Facebook page, and I asked her to change out the graphics, something that's like, hey, here's the new graphic for the new series. We changed this out. And I uh, included you on it, and he responded with, hey, let's talk about this afterwards. So I'm going, my boss just wanted to talk about rereading the email. How could I have possibly missed it? You know, what did I do wrong? We talked afterwards, and he just said, you never want to ask people to do tasks. Never just say, do this thing. Always attach vision to it. And so to your point of just imagine if, hey, Facebook is one of the most strategic opportunities that we have. With a click of a button, thousands of people can be impacted. And so as you think through how to steward this page, and her name was Paige, but how to steward our Facebook page, uh, will you help us think through Increasing ways that we could be more effective in reaching young adults. Here's a new graphic. You're the owner of it. I think it makes sense to switch it out to give it a fresh look. But if you don't think that's right, then don't do that. And so, just attaching vision to every single thing that we do, and and that was crucial, and informative for me to just think through. And don't ever ask people to do tasks.
2: And it takes time to do that. And so, in the under the headline of mistakes, I think if we're hurried, the easiest thing to do is is to tell somebody what to do, uh, to ask them to do it, you know, to tell them how to do it. And the hardest thing, what takes the most time, is hey, let me start with the why. Yeah, uh, let me start with the vision. Let's get well. Let's get into some
0: practical things because David, you guys, I think together have come up with this list of uh, five C's when it comes to casting vision. That I think will be really helpful for for leaders at all levels uh, in in the local church context. So uh, let's go through these. The first one you you say is to cast it convincingly. So what do you what do you mean by that?
3: Yeah, I, I think uh, you want to identify the problem. That uh, we're going to address and then connect the dots of how what we're about to do is connected to addressing and bringing the solution to that problem. What's at stake if we don't go out there and play our role? In other words, when we're, we're calling volunteers to go and hand out uh, porch handouts or just kind of our bulletin, if you will, at other contexts – At the door, we want to make sure you know you are not handing out a bulletin. You are handing out hope. It may come in the form of a little piece of paper, but you put that piece of paper aside if you see that it would be better use of your time to go engage with that person. Smile. People are coming in and they uh, just had a day where their family's fallen apart, where their life is is uh, in shambles, or maybe they're addicted. They're wondering if God has forgotten them, and will we remember to tell them that He hasn't? And so uh, you got to cast it convincingly, attaching it to what's at stake. If they don't play the role that we're going to play that evening so anything else that you would say to that no i think that's great I, I think
2: i think you have to believe the vision before you can get anybody to believe the vision so cast it convincingly
0: number 2 is to cast it constantly what do you guys mean by that
2: i would just say the reality is that vision leaks and uh, i didn't come up with that that was a that that's been said before but the truth is you can say something and people will forget it as soon as they
3: turn around what do you mean by leaks though because uh, there's a girl on our staff who like a, a year into being on staff she was like and remember vision leaks as though it disperses and it, and it continues to trickle <laughs> oh, <it's laughs> like a, it was a good thing like it it's a good tri- thing <laughs> Sorry, hey, I was doing it knowing that thing. it's going to leak like, everywhere saying, <laughs> no. you
2: pour the vision into their minds it leaks out you pour the vision into their mind it leaks out you pour the vision into their mind and it leaks out and so how do you know if you've cast a vision effectively they're making fun of you because you sound like a a broken record, they're they're repeating you, and we know we know they're cutting you off mid sentence and finishing your sentence because they've heard it a thousand times. This is how you know it's tattooed on their heart. Except for it's not; it will still leak out. You have to keep you know that broken record in front of them. And remember, guys, surrender to God. We are changing the world through the lives of young adults. This is why we do what we do. Surrender to God. We are changing the world through the lives of young adults. You know, and just continue to put that in front of them so that it stirs. There's there's a reason. There's a reason that we say creeds. You know, there's a reason that. Your fraternity or sorority said something before every meeting. There's a reason that, you know, we say the Pledge of Allegiance before we start school. And we're 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 putting these ideas in our hearts and our minds. And so this is what leaders do as you cast it. Constantly, um, you, you're you're helping fight this idea that the enemy's coming along and trying to snatch it, or the people's days get busy and they're distracted. Yeah, it's good.
1: I've got a hundred examples, but uh, raising teenagers will illustrate this better than anything else that I've uh, ever seen because I, this has happened so many times now with my kids, uh, where I have you know sat them down and said, guys, here's what we're going to be about, or here's what we're going to do, and we've all stacked hands and we've come back you know a year later and I said, guys, you remember that? I'm like, what do you what are you? talking talking about that, I'm like no you don't remember we were here you sat right there you said this and then I said this do you not remember that I have no recollection, you know, and uh, so great. Well, here's what we said. Here's what we all agreed upon. Uh, let's let's do that. And so um, I, I think one of the learnings um, in that is that a lot of times a leader is going to spend a lot of time on the front end crafting um, what he's going to say or what he thinks. So he's he's spent a ton of time with him uh, before he unleashes it or he, she unleashes it on anyone else. Or he's lived with this for days, weeks, months, right? And so then he just lets – you know, lets the phrase out with his, uh, with his followers and assumes that they've been with him the whole time and they have not. You they, know what you're trying to say. Absolutely. It's always clearer in your mind than it is their mind. And I think some of the time, some of the time element um, there. And so uh, I think that's good to know. This is the first time they've heard it and you've been sitting and praying and dreaming and fasting for three months. Uh, they don't feel it. They don't know it. They haven't lived with it the same way you
0: have. That's great. All right, so you got to believe it, cast it convincingly. You got to uh, stay on it and cast it constantly. The third one that you guys have here is to celebrate it. So what do you mean by that?
3: Yeah, that when you see someone living out the, the vision that you put forward, that you celebrate it publicly, you celebrate it personally, you celebrate it intentionally. For example, one of the visions that we have at the porch is to initiate and go after the one, go after the one. Take that from Luke 15 where Jesus uh, talks about how God has the heart of someone who goes after the one sheep. So when we have volunteers that are um, gathering on a Tuesday night, we are constantly telling them, go after one, look for the person who's sitting by themselves, and go initiate with that person. So whenever we see someone living that out, we take time in volunteer meeting or we take time to write a note, we take time to address that we, we see that they are living out the vision and it is through small actions like that that the overall overarching mission and vision of our ministry is being lived out. So just celebrating, I mean, anything you would add to to that when you see someone doing it what's rewarded is repeated is kind of the principle behind that i mean say that's worth saying again what's rewarded is repeated
2: and i think it's um it's just a key part of leadership to make a part of every time that you gather a, a time of celebration just if you see somebody doing the right thing just take some time to celebrate them that that's so important to the vision moving forward
0: yeah and another way to keep it in front of people constantly uh, hey guys, remember what we said. Uh, yeah, Guess still. what? They just did it, and so we're celebrating that in front of everybody. And it was like, "Oh,
2: they were actually serious about that." And this list so, of five builds on its on it, on yeah. each other. I think that's really true.
0: That's great. All right, so believe it, do it convincingly, constantly. Got to make sure you celebrate it. Number four is to communicate it personally. What do you guys mean by that?
2: I think this is how how this impacts you as the leader. Hey, why does this matter? As you begin to prioritize messages and things that you're saying to your followers, uh, why is this particular message important to you? And I think the mistake, to go back to that theme you asked earlier, that people make is they say things outside of their voice. And so if I repeat, you know, David's really funny. He's kind of one of his superpowers is a sense of humor. And so if I repeat something that he said uh, in his voice, it's not going to be effective for me. Uh, People want authenticity and transparency and so they want they want a vision that i put in front of them to be you know poured through my personality yeah and so i think that's that's really important and uh can i I want to insert an idea here that that may be a slight distraction from this list but it, it was my next thought with that idea that it's you know personal is the way you know if they're listening are the questions they're asking Right. And so if somebody's asking a question and you feel like you just, you've answered that over and over and over, I would answer loudly for everybody because there's, they didn't hear it. That's just what you were talking about earlier, John, is that's just something they, you said, you thought you were clear because they didn't hear it. Um, and so don't take that personal. Yeah. Uh, as we're talking about communicate it personally, don't take the, the fact that they didn't hear it personal. Just say it again, you yeah. know, and say it loudly so that everyone hears once again. So.
0: I, I was so reminded if you're telling the story about telling it personally thinking about Scott Kadersha and I, Scott's been on this podcast before, when he and I were leading Merge together, we tried to rip off some lines from McGee uh, on in our teaching. And so Scott did it once with the teaching and I did it once with a joke. And it like both times, it completely and totally failed. <laughs> Kadersha and I are looking at each other going, it killed when John did it. Why when I got up there and did it, did it not work? And we both realized, because that's John's voice yeah. that's in that teaching point, And that's John's voice that was with that joke. And we can't go and emulate
2: that. I've done the same thing, Adam. McGee's line's only Work for him. Yeah, uh, he's uh, got a both, patent both on. of them. Don't uh, don't try him.
1: Uh, I assume by this also you mean like you've actually got to live this vision out yourself. So uh, when you think Absolutely, about personality,
3: yeah. I, and you guys, you guys do. You want to talking about that for a second? Yeah. The only thing before uh, embracing that or talking about that for a second is I think this is one of the hardest things for leaders to do. It was the hardest thing for me to learn how to cast vision underneath his shadow because our vision casts are very different. Mm-hmm. JP is a uh, how would you put this? Um, hey, <laughs> the word, the word he you're was looking saying. for is a JB said the word he, you're looking for is amazing. He's
0: got people listening right now cleaning a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, right? That's yeah, how good that he is. is people good. pulled
3: over their car well, and they're like, and "I'm here's, cleaning here's this." Here's how up. he's gonna do it. He's gonna, you know what? You can't clean that parking lot. Yeah. I don't even think if I gave you a million years, you could get this thing. Clean. We're gonna do it without you. <laughs> if I try to do that, almost that uh, antagonistic. Hey, we're gonna change the world, and you know, I'm not even sure you got what it takes. That's his voice, and I feel like early the in your industry, you're I tried.
1: If you, if you do it that way. <laughs> yeah oh totally if I yeah. do
3: that they're like who does this guy think he is so mine is like hey we are gonna make the single most clean parking lot the world has ever seen we're gonna set the stage for what God's gonna do this weekend by picking up little pieces of trash and so our vision cast looks very different and I don't know how to, how to tell people to find their voice I don't know if you have thoughts
2: I think just consider when you know we can always think about what's effective as we look at our lives. Consider when people have listened to you. Uh, What you know, whenever you communicate a vision, think about hey, what did you do well? What did you not do well? Ask people for feedback and around um, you know their their response to the vision that you cast and uh, your your people in your life, your community group, your small group, your staff, your coworkers. They're going to be able to help you find your voice. But most people know a little bit, you know, their strengths and weaknesses around their communication. So good. That is going to free some people up. So back to the part about uh, communicating it personally. Um, Got to live it out yourself. Got to. And so, yeah, thoughts on that? I mean, you just – listen, no one – the we all know the do as I say, not as I do – Mentality is ineffective, and so when you rise to an ivory tower, or you think you're past doing this yourself, people sniff it out. They they go begrudgingly. Um, they they feel lesser than, and so I think um, I think again. I I love your question earlier about mistakes. One of the biggest mistakes leaders make is not taking Jesus at his word when he says in Mark 10 and he says repeatedly over and over throughout the gospels that whoever wants to be great must be the servant of all. Uh, whoever wants to be the greatest must be the least of these uh, for the son of Mark 10:45, for the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many and so as we follow Jesus' example leadership really is service and it's not just going up standing in front of everybody saying hey I want you to do this but I'm not going to do this um there's just an inconsistency there that I think's ineffective in leadership. That's good. Yeah.
1: I feel like you're always calling an example of this would be uh, JP. You're always calling our staff at the Dallas campus to share their faith, share their faith. Guys, this matter. Like, how could you even not, you know, you'll say that kind of stuff. Um, and then, then you know, you put a comma on that, and then you share. This week, this morning, uh, this was the interaction I had. This is how I shared my faith, and everyone goes, "Okay, great." I mean, he he believes that uh, enough to do it himself. He's calling us to it. Uh, let's go. And that that, that it has to, it has to, It's part and parcel. They have to be together.
0: That's great. All right. So believe it. Uh, you got to cast it convincingly, constantly. You got to celebrate it, communicate it personally in your voice. And then the last one we've already touched on a little bit, but let's let's talk
3: about it again. Is to call them heroically. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the the significant people who have given speeches, done significant things really in the world, they had this heroic vision attached to to their lives. For example, um, uh, Martin Luther King. Hey, I have a dream. That one day, let me show you a future reality that I can see in my mind and I want to take you there. And he paints this picture of what could be and what should be and how we can be the people that bring in the promised land, to use John's language. Uh, Steve Jobs, who said, you know, he didn't come up there and say, hey, we're going to make this new phone. He pulled up a phone. He said, this, uh, I don't know if it was like a razor or whatever it was, but he essentially said, this is terrible. And he pointed to a phone that was his... uh, you know, predecessor, an old phone, and he said, "We're going to make something that is not just a phone. It's going to redefine communication for everyone, everywhere." And and people just like they, and and uh, thousands came to hear him speak. I mean, he redefined the release of a product that people would show up and fill a uh, a huge auditorium and buy tickets to see what you're about to sell me, and I'm going to go pay a thousand dollars to buy. And so, just heroic vision, people's hearts. Uh, are moved by it. And as it relates to the church, we've gotta be people that attach the greatest vision the world has ever been given, which is the great commission that Jesus has given us to bring the hope of the world to humanity, to uh, the way that we communicate and the vision that we tell people about. Push people towards excellence. And I just, I'll just i go back to Jesus'
2: example in, in Matthew 16, when he's sitting there with uh, 12 guys that are completely inadequate. They've been rejected by all the other rabbis in the city. And um, he, he just starts with "Hey, who am I?" And when they understand that he's the Christ, the Son of the Living God, he says, that's right, and I'm about to pull you into this movement, the most unstoppable force the world has ever seen. in fact, the gates of Hades are not going to be able to come against it and uh, you know he used these 12 inadequate guys to change the world and it, it started with just a conversation on a hillside and so I think I think heroic vision is is central to communicating the gospel. It's central to preaching. It's central to leading and really central to to all forms of communication.
0: So what would you say to, I, I imagine somebody is listening to this driving around and they're going, you don't know my church, right? Like if I stand up there and I try to get heroic on them and I talk about changing the world, it's been the same 75 people in this church week in and week out, or it's been the same thousand people that have been coming here. We're not changing the world and we know we're not changing the world. So what what would you say to somebody that is uh, just going listen? I can't I I can't do that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I go back to number four, and just again, you've been invited into that. There was so you have seventy five, so that's like six times more than Jesus had, um, and and he started with the heroic vision, and it's it's core to the faith and the message that you have. Um, I, I just think hey, are you able to communicate it personally? Have you bought the lie that what you're doing doesn't matter? Have you bought the lie that, that it's too hard to change? It's, it's We can't turn this battleship, you know, all of those things. And I would just ask, hey, we know that there's a big God and so if God did everything that he wanted to do through those 75 people, uh, what would it look like? And begin to, to let that narrative and that dream build in your heart and your mind. Because I, I want to be really clear. I want to go back to something we've already said. Nobody's asking you to be who you're not. And sometimes this can feel that way. Even, you know, as, you, as you're listening to this right now, you can think, okay, I can't do that. Okay, well, figure out what you can do. And start there. What can you do? What can you communicate with integrity to those seventy-five people? And start there. Start with prayer. Take a day fast. Ask the Lord, God. What do you want to do? Where are we missing it? And that—that's what every strong vision I hope starts with a, a a pause. You know, you think I think about a bow and arrow when you pull that arrow back, right? Before you release that arrow, there's a pause to aim. And I think that pause to aim in the Christian faith is so important. And sometimes they may be a week, sometimes that may be a, 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 a month, that may be a year, but it's just that, what is the pause and weight of my vision? Have I, have I stopped to sit with the Lord and ask him for it to, so that I can come down from Mount Sinai and address the people? Solid. Hey, uh, Steve
1: Jobs, iPhone, do you think he had all the steps worked out when he, uh, when he announced that vision? Do you think he understood the, the 10,000 little steps that it was going to take to make that iPhone?
3: No way, you know, you got to at least who knows, or I don't know personally, but you got to think no, no leader ever does to go back to what you said earlier. I mean, leadership is, there's a fog and Hey, I'm going to bring you in there and let me paint what's on the other side. And we're going to, we're going to get there together. So I don't think so. That's absolutely—I I think
1: some people, they they kind of freeze because they don't know, you know, the 100 steps to get to that vision. But something incredible happens, you know, in that instance. Steve Jobs stands up and says, guys, we are going to change. We're going to change everything. And all of a sudden, the best creative ideas, they just come out of nowhere. Uh, people are energized. And that thing that, that seemed impossible becomes suddenly possible. And I don't think you have – I think you've got to know where you want to go ultimately, but I don't think you have to understand all the steps and all the, the who uh, to get you there. I think it kind of happens if you've got a clear, compelling why and vision and you rally other people.
2: Yeah, I, I hope this is really freeing for everyone listening right now because I want to say what you said in just a slightly different way. Um, when we talk about start with the why, you may not even know the what and the how. You know, you may not know the pathway into the promised land, but you're just painting a picture of what the promised land looks like. And, hey, when we get there, this is, this is what we're going to see, and we're going to move this, this way. And you don't even have all the answers to the question. And so don't, that, that should not stop you from casting a heroic vision. The what and the how will work themselves out if you start with the why.
0: Great. That's awesome. Let's go uh, a couple more on some counters here. Where where can you guys see? Uh, or let me say it this way: Could you can you be too visionary? Like can you can you be so far out in the future that it could be detrimental to the organization? Yeah.
1: Or so intense, like every time someone wants to pay, uh, post up a Facebook post, you know, you've got to get a four paragraph email from you. So too big or too
3: intense, um, can that be the case? I'm sure you could. I I would guess most leaders err on the other side, though. Most leaders' their problem is not that they're casting too much vision around different things, or that their their vision is too big. What would you say? I think you can be inauthentic,
2: and uh, you have to be careful. uh, You know, just in especially in one on one. Uh, leadership and vision casting or one on two or three, like a small group of people, I think you can give them whiplash by jerking the wheel one direction then jerking the other direction. Sometimes the the people that are following you might feel like my kids when I'm driving the boat, pulling them on the tube and uh, I can't see them. You know, I'm not looking in the mirror and they're saying, slow down, slow down. We're about to fall off. You know and I'm like? What? You're having a good time. Okay, I'll go (laughs) faster. You know, I think leaders need to be in tune with their followers. and, And so in that way, yes, potentially too heroic.
0: Yeah, and, and which is just some of the things we'll talk about, ripping off Tim Elmore, the chestnut checkers. Just as leaders, we've got to understand that not everybody responds to motivation the way we respond to motivation. And so there are some people, uh, even if we were going to look around the, this table, you know, that would be uh, more inspired by clarity or more inspired by... So that not everybody's inspired the exact same way. And so as a leader, we've got to flex and know... Hey, if this person, if I get too heroic on them, that shuts them down cuz they're just they just want to know what to put on their to-do list. And so sometimes you got to be specific and try to give a few specific things, which I think you guys do really well. And I know, JP, you serve me really well with that. I mean, well, I, I, I'm motivated by your, your casting vision and I'm going, I hear you, I'm out there. I'm wondering what's the f- three things I can put on my to-do list to even start that. Then you'll switch a gear and you'll get into like a solution mode and go, Oh, well, maybe we could start with X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, boom, okay, I got it. That well, helps,
2: that helps. You're kind of say that. I would say I learned that from you. And even in a conversation we recently had, where it's just like, Hey, I mean, I hear you. You're 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 way up here, and you're big, and you're you're animated. But can you just like, okay, what what do I do next? And um, and just make sure that you know that I think your audience is hearing you. That's a way that you've served me really
3: well. Yeah. The only other thing I would add would just be something I feel like I've learn from you through the years and still really learning and that's that you've got to connect the dots for your people around how what they're doing is connected to the overall vision in other words uh, I was telling our team this past week something that I feel like I have I have reluctantly or failed to share with them so many encouraging stories of people writing in emails from uh, Canada to Mexico to just all over the world of people who've been impacted by the porch and I always assume that when those emails come in like man that's encouraging to the speaker but is that really gonna encourage the team and then I realized, man, I may be uh, leading poorly or failing to allow them to partake in the fact that those messages and the encouragement received from those messages is just as much theirs as it is JP's, as it is mine, as it is whoever is speaking. And here's what I mean. The only reason JP is able to speak and prepare and write amazing messages is because he's not worried about women's ministry. He's not worried about uh, keeping the budget like our operations director does. He's not worried about all the different uh, emails that have to be responded to in planning events and planning retreats because he can write messages. And so without all these different players involved, man, we're not experiencing the life change that God is doing all around us. And so that's just as much coming from them as it is from anyone else. And I know you had someone say, Just as much recently. Yeah, I had a girl. I was at a um, an
2: event, and a girl was handing out flyers at the door. And afterwards, she came by uh, up and just said some encouraging things about the message. And she said, "I'm doing this. I'm handing out these flyers at the door, or these programs or or bulletins at the door, so that you can do that." She goes, "I feel like your message was just as much my message." And I said, "I love that. I think you get you understand what it means to be a part of the body
3: of Christ." Totally. And that just keeps people from being like, "Man, I don't matter. I'm not that important." That's really what matters that's really what's important which is just a lie so it's share, just share
1: the win Right, every quarterback who wins a Super Bowl says, "If it wasn't for these big five guys in front of me, like I am not here." Let's That's be right. very, totally. very clear. And we all get a ring.
0: He's buying, and every- he's buying them Rolexes <laughs> too. <buying>. Some <laughs> you guys need to start <laughs> up in that game, I've bull- yeah. so got,
3: got actually two or three. <laughs> Do yeah, the best that Rolex. Is not Rolex true. For those that don't get it's sarcasm, a Rolex. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a limited edition. He
2: said, hey, <laughs> none of us own a Rolex." Let me make that clear. Hey, so just as we wind
1: down, I. You know, Adam, I'm just thinking about you do a good job kind of getting in the mind of a leader. And so I'm, I'm just wondering if you're listening to this and those under you, those that are on your team, if they couldn't articulate the vision um, that you have in your head, it's probably time to A, communicate it or B, go get it. And JP earlier in the episode said, if you don't know what that is, no problem. Just get away, fast, pray, ask God, God what do you want us to do? And, uh, and then come back and start sharing that with your team. And you can work it out. You didn't have to, you know, um, be able to, post up on Instagram immediately. Uh, you can work that out together. But I think this is kind of the general direction that we should go together. What do you guys think? Uh, let's craft, craft this and then get after it. And um, that is so much more compelling than just calling people to show up again next week or pass out the bulletin. Uh, let, let them have a big why uh, with you. And uh, you're, doing, you're doing them a favor. They'll have so much more fun doing ministry if they understand uh, and have a big why.
0: That's great. All right, guys, thanks for being in here in the studio with us today. This has been really, really helpful. So if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, you can feel free to contact us via email. We can be reached at clp at Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.